Welcome to Proudly ADHD at work and in business. I am your host, Coach Kathy Rashidian, and I help professionals like you understand the science behind your unique brain so you can unlock that inner genius. Ready to transform your ADHD into your best asset? Keep listening. I personally think that when it comes to ADHD and medication, there is never enough conversations around it. So, in this episode, I brought back my good friend and colleague, Jeff Copper, to discuss the topic of medication through the lens of two ADHD coaches and our experiences with our clients and our personal journey through it. So, who is Jeff Copper? Jeff Copper is an attention coach and expert on attention issues. He is the founder of Dig Coaching Practice and founder and host of Attention Talk Radio, an attention talk video. He coaches individuals with ADD, ADHD symptoms who are seeking personal and business results by helping them realize their potential. Here's another dynamic episode and conversation with Jeff. And as always, since he's come back many times, you can listen to other episodes of my conversations with Jeff through my podcast. If you go to proudlyadhdpodcast.com and look for guests. You'll see Jeff's name there and you can select that and listen to our other conversations. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Today I have my good friend and colleague uh, Jeff Copper back with us and this time we're going to riff on all things ADHD med and medication. Initially when I was talking to Jeff I said okay what else should we talk about because I really love having the conversation with him and and we just go off topic and on topic and and Jeff has been doing this for bazillion years, well, over a decade. <laughs> so I really like to bring his experience into this um, as well. So we're going to talk about it through the lens of two ADHDers and two coaches that have come across medication and ADHD. And so, Jeff, welcome to this episode. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me on and allowing us to talk about this topic from a coach's perspective and see if we can provide different type of education on, on medications that a lot of people don't get and when on the normal mainstream stuff. So thanks again. Awesome. Yeah, you bet. So let's, let's get into it. The very first thing that I'm going to ask, it's, which is a common question that always comes up. I answer it a certain way. I'm curious on how you're going to answer it is this, the scenario is I just got diagnosed and I don't want to take meds. I was on antidepressants, they didn't work. I was on anxiety medication, it didn't work. Am I gonna be addicted to this meds? So the person, the individual has all of these thoughts about medication. How do you answer that to someone that's like meds, ADHD? Yeah, yeah so first, first thing I can do is you have, to, you have to adjust expectations at the beginning. And I say, I'm not pro-med, I'm pro-education. Mm -hmm. And from that point in time forward, I say the world has demonized ADHD meds and medications in general, and you got to stop and you need to take a bigger picture look at what's going on. There's some concern about the long-term effect of taking any medication, and I'm not going to sit here and say there's, you know, it's a panacea and there's no potential long-term impact of taking stimulant medications, but I do think you have to stop and say, what are the long-term impacts of not taking the medication? And I'll say something as simple as imagine you're a kid, stop, sit down, shut up. Would you sit still? 
over and over again, that negativity over a decade or two can have a real impact on self-esteem. So as you begin to think about medications, you need to get an education on both sides. And I'm like, I'm, I don't really care about the choice, but I just want to make sure that they have an informed choice. So I'll spend some time talking about first, you know, there we do know is that those with ADHD that are unmedicated are twice as likely to be in action and twice as likely to be disabled. I forget the divorce rates are much higher, more failed businesses, more struggle in school, more difficulty in relationships, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So now that we know those are long-term implications of, of not taking the medications, and we know that, you know, there can be some heart issues and some other things that are related to taking the stimulants, understand that that's the framework. And then we'll sit down and start talking about the thing about ADHD medications, and I'm talking about stimulants right now, is they're very complicated because they've got to go through your body in order to get to your brain where it's needed. And there's a several things that can have an impact on that drug getting to where it needs to go. And the first is your digestive tract. It's got to digest that medication and it's got to go through your liver. There's some liver functioning and there's some metabolism. And so when you go to the doctor, the first thing I say, you need to understand is it's not we check your weight, take two aspirin, calling you in the morning. We literally don't know. And we a good physician will start slow and go slowly up. And I talked to my people and said, you need to expect to change your medications a dozen times before you get them right. Because literally it takes that much iteration. And I do a lot of coaching them on that process to be aware that it's going to be a process. And, and I've interviewed a lot of experts. A really good doctor will, will work you up in that medication until it starts and it go through the top to the point in time we'll feel anxiety or you'll feel like a zombie or whatever. Then they'll back it down and a really good med a physician will say, okay, we've got that. Maybe we came up the amphetamine side. Now we're going to go to the methylphenidate side because we got that, but maybe there's another one over here. And so I really try to help them educate is this is the process we're going to go through. And then I talk about some other things that I'll talk about in a second, but I want to pause for a second, just kind of get your thoughts and your reactions or, or other things that you'd add. Mm -hmm. I think you said a whole lot of gold in there. The one thing for me that comes up, it's the mindset around the medication. And, and I certainly had that fear because when I took antidepressants for when I was diagnosed with mild depression, it didn't do anything. And also to come off of it was a nightmare. Oh my gosh, the, the tapering off, the yep. physical reaction I had to it. And I, and I was so hesitant because I was like, if this is going to be the same shit, I don't want to deal with that yeah. stuff. It was like, it was horrible. But also once I had learned and the way my doctor explained it and she slowed down and, and she said exactly that, we're going to try a little bit. The good thing with ADHD medication is you notice it pretty much within a few days. And man, was she ever right. Yeah. It was within a few days and also a trial yeah. of few different kinds yeah. To get yep. to the ones that worked for me so so that makes sense and it's it is truly i think a bit of mindset a bit of and also i just want to add to this is we don't know if it's going to work or not like you some people it doesn't work for them hallowell is is one that says he it doesn't work for him so sometimes the way our body metabolizes it is different yeah. so the one thing that, again, this is pro, pro education, right? If you take a stimulant, again, we're just talking about stimulants. If you take a fast acting, it's in your body, it's, it's out four hours later. Now, there's a rebound effect like that, but pretty much later in the day, you're done. It's like, it's not going to hang out like it is. So while you might have a bad reaction, it's really, really short lived with regard to that. 
also understand is that number one, there's a lot of people that take medications and they have a challenge because if you have a slight gluten sensitivity or some other digestive stuff, what happens, it doesn't get digested and it's kind of going through your system and it doesn't really catch. So some people with those will say, I'm not feeling anything or it's very short lived. There's other ones, and I'm not as storied in on this. I learned a lot of this from Dr. Charles Parker and some others, is your liver has to break it down in a certain way. And sometimes people with meds will take the meds and, hey, wait, this is really, really good. But 30 days later, they get a lot of anxiety, and a lot of stuff, because the way the liver's not totally breaking it down the way it's supposed to, it's creating some other issues. Also, your metabolism can have an impact on it. So I'm, I'm touching about those particular things because they can have an impact on medications. Plus, there's other issues that can have an impact. And, and some of these are hard to find unless you find a really, really good physician. But there's a lot of people with allergies and there's a lot of allergy medications that interfere or negate stimulant medications. That can be a factor. Also, you can have certain mineral deficiencies or excessive stuff that can have an impact on some of this stuff. Of the experts that I've talked to in general, they say that stimulants will work for people with ADHD about 70 to 80% of the times. There's some people, like there was a Dr. John Bailey who's retired now. He said he could, he was able to get it to work about 97% of the time. Now it took a lot of trial wow. and error and a lot of timing and dosing and stuff like that. But, and again, it, it, it finds the level of the person that you're dealing with because not only you're trying to dial these things in and get the med right, but you're also having to deal with the side effects. And the side effects can be, you know, it can be impactful. One, it suppresses your appetite. And that's a real concern for parents when their kids are, are, are not gaining the weight. There's, there's different information out there. My understanding is it normalizes, but I don't want to represent my, my opinion as fact. It can make it more difficult for some. For my athletes that are taking the meds, I make it very, very clear to them because stimulants or dehydrate you just like coffee or alcohol. Yes, very much. Yes. But the thing about the athletes that most people don't know is that it actually will suppress your urge to drink. Like it suppresses your appetite. So as an athlete, you got to be drinking water like constantly because by time you feel the urge to drink, you're almost passing out. Now I'm going to an extreme. We're not really going to mm -hmm. pass out, but you're, I mean, you're bonked because you were dehydrated a long time ago before you, you felt that it creates dry mouth. It creates, a, so in talking to the physician, a lot of times it's like, how do we get the right drug at the right dose in the right time? And another piece of this, that's kind of complicated that we never understood about Adderall fast acting Adderall should last about four hours. Extended release should go eight. Adderall is the active ingredient in Vyvanse, which is just time release and it should go 12, but it's always been interesting to me how a person can do well on instant release, but not real well on extended or do real well on Vyvanse, but not be able to go the other direction. And yeah, I was that person. <laughs> and, and again, there, there are some things, if you go out in the literature, you're not going to hear this, but uh, I've had three or four clients that were on Vyvanse and when they took Vyvanse, they smoked like a chimney, but when they stopped taking Vyvanse, they didn't. I've talked to some other psychiatrists, they've seen it. There's no clinical studies on these, they're just observations. But again, these are the types of things that I do on the original question to have that conversation. And as a coach, I think it's invaluable for us to talk to them about these medications, talk about what they do and what to expect when they're on them. Because my job is to help person have a really informed conversation with a physician when they're in their office, mm -hmm. because they don't really have a lot of time. And so if it's, hey, 
you know, you started this, you started kind of going up and you're noticing we, there's a rebound effect. Like sometimes when you're coming off of it, you have your ADD symptoms, but you're more irritable than not to be able to articulate to your doctor to say, okay, well, maybe we should have, you know, one here and then a, a very short acting one to bridge the gap between the two, which is sometimes happens or to know that, you know, you'll have an extended release, but you have that irritability that you need to get through, you know, the family type stuff. So you'll have like a, maybe a five milligram focal at the end of that to kind of get you through. Again, all that stuff is somewhat complicated. And again, I'm not pro medication, but there's some people that do it. It's, I mean, it's amazing. Like, oh my God, I can read a book and I can function. I can do this stuff for other people. You know, they get there, it helps, but maybe the side effects are an issue. The bottom line though, is what I'm talking to people about making the decision. I think it really comes down to quality of life. And yeah. that is on the medications, is your current quality of life and is your long-term quality of life expected to be at, you know, better than what it was? You know, I take thyroid medication because my quality of life is so much better. I don't want to take it. I got to take it for the rest of my life or blood pressure medication. But the bottom line is my life is so much better with it. So that's why I take it. If you can get by on ADHD without the medications, there's a lot of people that can do that with exercise and some other things. I'm all for that. But the issue is, is, is it better with a quality of life? And if you're going to take it, we, it's, it's, there's no question. Multimodal treatment is the best. If you can manage the meds, that's great. Coaching, therapy, and stuff on top of that and understanding your learning modalities. Collectively, that's the best way to treat ADHD. And I haven't met an expert yet. I mean, a knowledgeable expert that hasn't, you know, said, Hey, listen, medication is just a part of the larger treatment plan. Yeah, it truly is. And I love what you said about, you know, how is it affecting your functionality? And I think the first time when I took it, I was not functional at all. And I had mm -hmm. a little baby to take care of. I had myself to take care of. And when I went on it, it was that it was to just kind of get me up the, you know, from drowning to just being in the surface and floating so I could get through it. Yep. And it's interesting, a week ago, I went back on it for four days and I hadn't been on it for a while. I go through these like cycles. I feel like I go through, I want to be on it and then, and then on again. So anyways, I went back on it for four days because there's lots going on in my life right now. And I was just like, okay, let, let's see what this can do. And this time nothing. And I don't know if it was only the four days or if it was just that maybe I need a combination of Vivance with something else, because I actually uh, listened to your episode, which I'll link in the show notes here that with the uh, doctor you were talking about, that sometimes they do marry that stimulant with a non-stimulant, because yes. I got irritable and I was also focused, but it wasn't on the right thing. Yep, so yep. I was a little bit like, I'm like, what is going on here right now? Yep. What is happening? Yep. So there was a lot in there, Jeff, and I, I'm actually considering. So for me, when I'm not on it, it's I'm relying on all the other things in my life, what I'm eating, my vitamin D uptake, I increase it. There, there's so many other yep. things that I do for it. So again, not to say, you know, medication is not good. I think it also had its has its time and a place. And for some, truly, they've seen such a shift yep. in their day to day life. And so, it's amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you brought up something that I, I, I want to touch base on this to make sure we cover it. And that is expectations on medications. A lot of people, when they're taking it, 
you know, how do you know if it works? You know, some people have this expectation that I'm going to take this and amazingly, I'm going to become organized or I'm going to pay attention to all the right things. And as I describe it, what it does is what it does is it helps you sustain focus longer on something you would struggle with. So to me, the test is simple. If you could only read four pages of a book before you got distracted, you couldn't pay attention to it. Now you can read four chapters it's working because you're sustaining focus longer. It doesn't tell you what to pay. It doesn't control what you pay attention to, and it doesn't get you organized. It just helps you sustain focus. And I'm going to share this. This is not scientific fact, but I share it this way. A lot of people with ADHD can identify with it. So it's really just a model. Mm-hmm. Stimulants will help everybody, you know, focus and pay attention. That's why it's an abuse drugs in colleges and stuff to study. But as I like to describe it, if you've got ADHD and you're really interested in something, it's going to help just a little bit because you're already interested in it, right? But if it's something that's really, really boring, it's going to have a bigger effect because it's boring. So you can sustain focus. So for me, you don't really take the stimulants if you're really, really into it because you don't have, have the problem. It's really helping you more with, you know, cleaning up the house, doing your taxes, reading the book, that type of stuff. And I I share that with it because I think it's real important that people have the right psychology around it. Also, there are some people that I've coached that only take it when they've got to do maybe writing. Like I, you know, I've had people just, I only take it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday morning, because that's when I write it. That's, that's the only time that I need it. And there's nothing wrong with that either because they don't necessarily need it for other things. Other people, um, as a coach's job is the self-awareness is when you take those medications, we have a tendency just to think of our life as in general. But if you break down thinking processes and what you're doing, it's interesting because to me, and this is a show for another time, there are three kind of thinking processes. One's methodical, that's like solving an algebra problem, where if you understand the order of operations and the basic math principles, you can solve for X every time, a finite number of steps. There are some problems that are trial and error by definition. So illustration of that is a Sudoku puzzle or crossword. Now that's just a puzzle, but there are some problems that you think it's a trial and error that you have to go through over and over and over and over, which requires a lot of working memory. Then there's another kind of thinking that's trial and error that requires you to shift how you're paying attention to something. That's kind of like an aha. And so for people with ADHD, the meds impact them differently. For some, it will really help them with those really methodical tasks that are wrote that are really, really easy, that are really, really boring. For others, it doesn't impact that, but it will help them with the trial and error thinking, like when they're having to sit there and run through simulations, they know what they want to say in a paper, but they don't know how to put the words together. And so it just kind of helps them focus and holds their working memory. And for some of them, it really relaxes them and they lose that anxiety and they lower the pressure on themselves and they're able to open their mind and think more insightfully. Now, those are three different thinking method out, thinking systems that I have that we all use, but I find the medications help people differently based off of the, th- the, th- the thing that they're doing and how that works. Now, that's one of the things that my job is to help them, coach them to have that awareness so that, hey, you know, the meds really help me when I've got to do really the methodical thing. So, you know, when I got to sit down and, you know, go through the taxes and pay the bills and da, 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 da that's when I need it. Or other people like, you know, I got to write a paper and it's more trial and error. That's when I need it. So I, as a coach, I try to help them dial into that. And so if we can do that, then a lot of times, well, you know, I, Hey, I can move all the the things to Monday and Tuesday that I need the meds for and the rest of it. I can kind of free it up. And again, 
these are all the little things that a coach does to help educate you to understand how to manage it because the doctors only know so much. Does that help? I love that. Actually, I am in that category of when it comes to writing is when it helps me a lot because then I can really compartmentalize what I want to mm-hmm. say. And as you were saying that, 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 that is when it was effective because when I was writing blogs or my own website or if I'm doing a script for a podcast, it's beautiful. And yep. then the thing is, if I'm coaching or if I'm in a, you know, doing a talk, I should not be on meds because I'm like, my, I'm like going so fast because yep. yep. I'm already getting energy. Like those are the things that naturally come to yep. me and I love it and I'm getting my dopamine hit and I'm engaged. So it's also interesting to see on the, the stuff that's very tasking on my brain. Yep. This is, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I want to share this. I, I, I know, I've known of a few comedians and they don't like meds when they're on stage because they're bombarded from thoughts. And like one guy's like, you know, I always record my stuff because the best material, I can't write it. It happens when I'm on stage and I record it. And mm-hmm. he likes that. And he says, you know, the cool part about being a, a comedian, he said, less and less now it used to be the old days is, you know, comedians can say anything where they're, they're there to offend everybody. Yes. <laughs> and now it's a little bit more place, but it's safer because you can say something inappropriate on stage and get away with it where you can't in real life. But so there's some situations where I've talked to people that are on meds and they're like, no, this is an environment when I need that ADD brain to be what it is. And I use the, the comedian type one because it's there and, and safe. Which is also to say something else. There are some people, not everybody, that feel more creative when they take the meds. Other people complain that they feel less creative. That yes, talk about that a little bit more because that's the the myth that I hear all the time. Well, it's it, you know this the thing. It's it's when you've seen one person with ADHD, you've seen one person with ADHD, and and, and I've mm-hmm. done some shows on this before. The problem with labeling people is you no longer pay attention. When there's one, there's just one person. And, you know, a case in point is, this is a side story, but 1980, I went to get a stress test done in Washington, D.C. And I had to do an EKG and I did a stress test. And I lived an hour away. By the time I got back to high school, the high school nurse was on the steps with her car keys ready to take me to the hospital. I didn't know what was going on. And I went through this whole process. Well, fast forward, every time I got an EKG, everybody wanted to take me to the hospital. So finally... I had a couple pictures of my EKG and I went to my doctor and he's like, we got to do an EKG. And I'm like, yeah, but the problem is you're going to want to take me to the hospital. And he's like, what? I go, I don't understand. And I was calling back to get somebody in my house to fax one of my EKGs and they couldn't run the fax machine. And sure enough, he walks in and says, you know, I got to take you to the hospital. I'm like, I told you this before. There's nothing wrong with me. And he said, well, I won't take you, but you got to promise you got to go. So I go to the hospital and it's over. The ER is overwhelmed. They got people in the hall, but they have a room for me. I go and I'm sitting down with them and the cardiologist kind of came in and, and I'm like, what is the deal with this? And he said, you know, the problem with the Jeff is your EKG looks like you're having a heart attack right now. That's your normal. Wow. That's your normal. And I'm like, and I've had a picture of my EKG that I carry in my phone to say, listen, this is my normal. My point in all this stuff is everybody's different. It impacts everybody differently. And again, some people find that they're more creative with the medication. Some feel it squelches some of that stuff. It doesn't mean it's good or bad, but it goes back to the original premise. Assume that you're going to change your drugs a dozen times and you've got to understand this stuff to talk to your physician because it's an art. It's not a science. If they knew it, they would go through. And one of the things, Kathy, that people come to me is like, I tried it and they didn't like it. And I go, yeah, you tried it once. 
mm-hmm. you know, you had a bad experience, what happened? And I'll talk to them and, you know, they had expectations that were inappropriate mm-hmm. or they didn't stick with it. And, you know, I've had a lot of luck where you're just working with them and explaining these types of things. Again, I'm pro-education, right? We've already talked about, hey, you might not need to take it. You might be able to self-medicate with exercise. You might just be able a couple couple days. Maybe you've got ADHD and you need some anxiety medication. That combination gets you there. The issue is quality of life. That's really what it's all about. And helping people as a coach understand that stuff to have that conversation is really what it's all about. Yeah. And I, the, the importance of that quality of life is so huge because, you know, you could be having a coach, you could be going to a therapist and your ADHD meds and you're like, I can't do it. And then when we look at environmental factors of what's going on, you could be in a job that you're absolutely like, shouldn't be in that job or a relationship that's absolutely toxic. So, you know, you keep pushing and trying to figure it out, but all it is, Yep. is some of these external factors that are not. Yep. And for me, I'm always about like, let's look at your job environment. Are you in the right role? Is this the right thing for you? What's the family situation? What is the sleep situation? Oh, that one is a huge one, Jeff, because a lot of us have sleep issues. Yeah, so- And ADHD medication. I, 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 first of all, by my heart, Kathy, I've always been so grateful. You let me come on and talk about things that most people don't really like to talk about. And this is an example of one of them. This is not out there. So I, I, I thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to kind of jump in here. You know, I'm going to say something. Everybody's going to cringe at it, but I think it's a really useful metaphor for people to understand the process of managing ADHD. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. I'm going to say the word word problem. I know word problems. Don't, oh, I hated those. I hated those. But let's think about what is a word problem and why we had to do them. Well, basically, a word problem is you read something and you've got to identify all the relevant and irrelevant information. It's part of using reasoning for you to identify the relevant variables. Then what you have to do is you have to take those relevant variables and you have to put them in a sequence. Okay. And then you solve for it. So basically a word problem is you have to derive an equation. That's why they're so hard. We went through math and they gave us the equation. You could solve for the equation, but it's the art and the, and the science of deriving that formula. That's the part that we hate. We want to skip that. But we've just put a whole bunch of variables on the table just with regard to meds and you're bringing environment into it. So when it comes to, to, to helping people with ADHD, everybody is their own word problem. And I know, I know you don't like it. You, coaches are here to help you, you know, derive your own thing. Cause I hate it. I hate it. I'm mean, God, I hated them. But at the end of the day, if you begin to understand is you got to understand yourself, you got to understand your relevant, irrelevant variables. You got to put together a formula that's going to work for you. If you have that mindset and understand it, it's great. As opposed to I, one of the biggest mistakes I see is everybody else trying to apply somebody else's formula to themselves and it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And they've tried 50,000 <laughs> formulas to dry out. They're, as I say, they're drowning in a sea of formulas or drowning in a sea of strategies because they haven't really done the work to do themselves, which takes us back to this, this, this topic. And then as I hope I'm educating people a little bit on the nature of some of this stuff that you got to get to know your body, you need to understand the medications. Well, I'll talk about the medications here in a second, but at the end of the day, these are the higher level type stuff and you got to understand how it works for you. Be self-aware and be able to have that conversation with your doctor to get it there. And if you can get it to work, it can really help your quality of life. I love it. Makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it is. It, it, uh, the, 
we have to have a conversation another time on the whole, the formulas and the strategies. I mean, I have a few of my own canned formulas, but I always tell my clients, I'm like, this is not the end all to be all because I also change my formulas often. Yep. And I'm always like, oh, there's a new formula I came up with. And so, let me test that out. Yeah. So I, I'm going to tell you this story. I was actually being interviewed by Ned Hollowell uh, back when his book was coming out 2.0. It was mm-hmm. funny because I caught him off guard. We were talking about some stuff and I was, uh, this woman came to me and I was coaching. She had very, very, uh, I've never met anybody with such an amazing sense of smell. Maybe a dog that I couldn't articulate it. And I just got curious and I got curious and I got curious and I got curious about it. And it's a long story, but we ended up with a smell-based to-do list. Wow. Now think about it. She does sheet of paper. And by the way, I never knew this. Crayons, not all crayons. You have to buy the right ones, but they have odor. Yes, and she would like, yes. she'd have a sheet of paper and she'd drop and she'd just do this, right? And it was like the, the odor would linger in her mind and it would just hang out and it would like, it would echo like, you could hear somebody's voice echo in your stuff and you and, but it would hang out there longer and she would be able to remember it and i was like i was so proud of myself when we did it but going back to that was her formula now it was a really wacky formula but it was difficult mm-hmm. well i picked up on the sense thing but i was trying to understand her relevant irrelevant variables and yes that's on the extreme but i'm sharing that for people out there to really get this concept that you got to really own yourself and you got to do the work and again, I go back to compliment Kathy because a lot of what you do is helping people understand this stuff to help figure yourself out. And so and that being said, just one other piece that I want to, to touch base on is we haven't talked about non-stimulants. Stratera mostly deals, messes with norepinephrine, which is an important stimulant with ADHD. And then there's some other like high blood pressure medications and stuff that some it, they use them. Sometimes they don't know what works. Mm-hmm. Well, butrin is used a lot. It is not an yes. approved ADHD drug. But what it does is it can help with other symptoms. Like there's a lot of people that claim that CDB helps people with ADHD. It doesn't. It helps something else that might be there. It feels like it is, but it's not. But coming back to the stimulants, there's two molecules. There's aphetamines and methylphenidate. They're two different molecules. There's all kinds of, of, of brand, generic, whatever names that are out there. But fundamentally, you've got a neuron. This is a neuron. And when it gets excited, it fires electrical charge. Most people don't realize our brains are low low voltage electrical system and the electricity travels down to the end and there's a gap between neurons put on site where it's called a synaptic gap mm-hmm. and the neuron again this is a very simplified version first just to understand what's going on the neuron that has electricity sprays neurotransmitters into that gap kind of like hairspray and electricity jumps from one neuron to the next and cascades through the attention network and manifests thought of feeling behavior whatever when it's done the receiving neuron sucks those neurotransmitters back in Think of it, ADC is the release and the reuptake of those neurotransmitters. And so SSRI medications stand for select serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So not all, but some depression medications are SSRI and they inhibit the sucking back in of serotonin to stave off depression. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say it because I always get kind of confused which one, but I believe, I believe amphetamines increase the release of dopamine and methylphenidates inhibit the reuptake. So that dopamine hangs out in that gap just a little bit longer than what it normally does because dopamine is the reward neurotransmitter. And you heard people Mm -hmm. with ADHD have reward-driven brains. In other words, they have dopamine-driven brains. And if you begin to think about it, ADHD is just dopamine addiction. And so what it does is it gets that dopamine, it hangs out there so that you can sustain focus longer on those things that you couldn't sustain focus in on. And so the different molecules do different things. And so some people, one does better than the other. I've heard a lot of physicians, you know, before it's 50, these have the others. 
Ritalin tends to do a little bit better when people are younger and Adderall does tends to do better when they're older, but there's always exceptions to some of that stuff. But that's just a little bit of background on it. And then two other little facts that I've heard. I understand that Vivance from Dr. John Brown was after named after Vivian Vance, who was Ethel on the I Love Lucy show. <laughs> and Adderall was ADD for all. That's how it originally got its name, just for fun. I like that. I like so, that. And actually, you know what? You just reminded me. I recently, one of our fellow coaches posted on her Instagram, she was at a drugstore and there were these over the shelf, over the counter, ADD all, and then something else with ADD. And they were like for focus. So one of the things I want to say about things like that, over the shelf, over the counter stuff that claim to give your ADHD a boost and all that, even supplements, as I look into the corner of my supplement box that I have here, is, is yes, some of them can help, but also be very buyer beware. Like, where are you ordering it from? Not some random website. And, and all of a sudden somebody says, you know, on social media, oh, I'm taking these and they're great. Like, I don't know, maybe like, you know, it's, it's to really check in on those ingredients. Yep. Some of them could be like a whole bunch of just caffeine. I don't know, I'm making shit up, but it's really you're, you, you, you bring up a really, really good point. I'm not going to name names, but there, there was a wave of digital games that were marketed to help people with ADHD. There was no research specifically on people with ADHD. There is one digital thing that's out there that's been approved by the FDA because they've gone through clinical trials. The reason for this is, is there's a lot of things out there in general that talk about helping focus Mm-hmm. But it's a generalized thing. It's not necessarily an ADHD thing, but they'll, they'll market it to the crowd because of the focus issues. And we have to be very careful about that because they might help a little bit, but they're not always the panacea. They're not. And you have to understand what you're getting from and, and realize is that there's a lot of people that if they have something that they think would help the ADD crowd, they'll market it to that crowd. You know, it's generalized to help focus it, but you know, if you have more of a focus problem, does it really help, or are they just like specializing it because it's there? You mm-hmm. you got to realize you're being sold to, mm-hmm. which is the point that you had is that you be careful what you're doing and uh, just be mindful of some of that stuff because I've seen a lot of people spend a lot of money on stuff that at the end of the day there really wasn't any any research on it. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jeff. This is um, awesome conversation as always. Before we wrap up and I lose my audience and their attention, is there anything else on this uh, topic of medication that we missed that you want to hone in on? Nothing other than don't be afraid of it. Um, and when you get on it, just be patient. One of, the, one of the common things, and I forgot to say this earlier, is a lot of times when you first take the medications, you have a lot of sleep issues really up fast and a lot of people jump. You know, it takes, sometimes it takes your body a little while to adjust. And, you know, after a couple of days, it kind of normalizes a little bit, or I'll tell people, you know, you've taken it for like a couple of weeks. It's like drinking caffeine every day. And then you stop and they get all pain. Like, oh my God, I'm hungry. Like I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm like tired. Like I'm going through withdrawals. No, it's when you are on caffeine on a regular basis, your body's used to it. And when you don't take it anymore, there's an adjustment to it. It's, you're not having, it's not for 30 days and you don't go into rehab for 30 days. If you're on medications, the only other three things I'd like to, to, to discuss is, ADHD is an abused drug. Cocaine's abused, alcohol's abused, nicotine abuse, abuse is abuse, abuse. Just because it's used to treat ADHD doesn't mean that it's bad. Mm-hmm. It is a banned substance. If you watch in the newspapers, there's usually an athlete somewhere that got caught using it and they're not supposed to. So that's the first thing. Secondly, this is my opinion, not fact. 
there's that issue of dependence. Are you dependent mm -hmm. on it? Like, as if like your life is dependent on it or are you dependent on it for productivity? Like, I don't want to be dependent on it. Well, you know, if I have a higher quality of life and I'm more productive, am I dependent upon that to have a higher quality of life and be productive? Well, yeah, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I don't think so. It's, if I have a better quality of life, am I dependent on having a better quality of life? Well, I'm dependent on thyroid medication to have a better quality of life. And so I think that conversation gets a little emotional and ambiguity, amb ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Then we start talking about abuse, I mean, uh, addiction. Can you be addicted to this? And I'm always uncomfortable with this conversation because years ago, Kathy, I really wanted to get an expert on and say emphatically, are you or you can't? But you know what's interesting in that is the doctors can't say it. The pharmacists can't say it. Anybody who understands it can't say it because they would get labeled for being a conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. The nonprofits are not allowed to say it because they're nonprofits. They have to be kind of a fair across the board. So it's actually interesting because if you go out there and you want to know, is it or is it not addictive? You'd be pretty hard to find an answer to that. The one thing I'm going to say is this. I did do an interview with Dr. Anthony Rostain. And uh, the one thing I know is I've never, I've never met anybody or never known of anybody who had to go through rehab because they were addicted to stimulants. I know people mm. that have been abused and people have died because they use them improperly. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not here. I'm just, this is a Jeff Copper experience. So I don't know this kind of stuff. I'm saying this emphatically. This is just a Jeff Copper experience in my years. I've not known anybody. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but on those three levels, I just wanted to address them. It is definitely an abused drug. It is abused. But just because it's an ADD drug doesn't mean that's a, it's a big issue. If, if, if used properly under the guidance of physician, we've been using it since 1937 to create HD and it's been effective. There you have it. I like it. that. I love that. There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode with Jeff Copper. As always, it's a pleasure, my friend. I am always learning so much from you. I will actually link to some of the episodes that you mentioned that okay. will go back to your podcast and we'll, we'll link into some of the interviews you've done because you, you do bring Good. on some really awesome experts on your side of the house as well. And, and, so, and again, Kathy, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, the opportunity to do this type of content because there's not a lot of it out there. And so it's a, it's a gem. Always, as always, it's, it's my pleasure. Come back anytime. We'll refund another thing. So my friends... When it comes to ADHD and medication, baby steps, do your research, get those questions onto paper when you go to your doctor, just because our memory and we get excited and we'll forget what we're going to say, all of that stuff, get yourself prepared. And I always say the whole thing, the ADHD management, to me, it's like a science experiment. Be that math scientist, go in and see what it is. Make the decisions um, on your own terms based on what you know not what you hear in the media, what you hear about, you know, how children are over-medicated. Not all children are, man. Those days are where it's, this stuff is very regulated. If you have little ones that on, are on medication, I always say it's all about first parenting skills, manage yourself, manage your ADHD before, you know, shoving pills down your kid's throat. It's also how we, we parent our, our children. Some of that executive skills can be taught. It's not always about medication. So you do your due diligence, do your homework, trial and error. And uh, yeah, keep on going at this journey of, of understanding our beautiful ADHD brain wiring. So until next time, my friends, keep on shining.
if you've made it to the end of this episode and now you're listening to this, well, way to go because that was a jam-packed episode with a lot of information back and forth between Jeff and I, and I hope that you found it absolutely useful, validating, and informative. So on that note, do you want to join more of these conversations, not with other coaches, but with other like-minded ADHDers? And I don't know if you know, so I want to do a little bit of a plug here about my mastermind that I run on a monthly basis. We essentially come together three times a month for 90 minutes, and we move through a bit of a structure that I've created, and we go through our challenges, opportunities, things that we want to look at as ADHDers. So consider this group your personal board of brains, where they have compassion, non-judgment. We come together, we share, we inspire each other, and there is that injection of coaching that I'll do in there and bring in my two cents of my training, my experiences that I've had along the way. And we go through some really deep stuff. So essentially, imagine banishing imposter syndrome, feeling a little bit more than normal about your ADHD and being validated and heard. And did you know, when we talk in groups like this, there's this sense of uh, uh, togetherness, a sense of community, and it actually is really good for your brain. It, It cognitively really boosts your brain. So my invitation to you is come on down and join our group. To go to finding out more information about the group, check out quantumthinkersmastermind.com or head over to the show notes and click on the link. It'll take you to that website. And we would love to have you as part of our board of brains. Hope to see you there.